Hi, it's Alabama Annie with another episode of Stories and Songs for You. And today, you're going to hear a tale uh, from Lookout Mountain called the Sharecropper Cabin. Now, sharecroppers were people, especially during the Great Depression that occurred way back in the day here in the United States. Uh, people were destitute. They were out of work. They lost their homes. They were broke, and they were looking for work. And a lot of times they could hire on as helpers on farms um, and they would uh, have a place to live and food to eat and, uh, you know, be able to sustain themselves. So that's what this story is about, just such a family. And it was told by the son of this sharecropper family and, and he told the story in 1961. He says... It was during the Great Depression that my family left Louisiana after Papa lost his job at the lumber mill and we had to move out of our company house. We headed north in our old car looking for work and a place to live that we could afford. As luck would have it, we stopped at a tourist location to rest in the shade of an oak tree and eat our lunch. There was a nearby service station where we stopped to get a little gas and Papa started talking to the storekeeper. The storekeeper told him that his uncle was looking for someone to help him on his farm and that a cabin came with the job. So Papa followed the man's directions, driving down a rutted road beside Black Creek for several miles until we found the farm. And it was a beautiful place. Papa stood under a tree talking to the older man and his wife, who instantly took to us and offered us the job saying they could use the help. They showed us the old cabin and it was going to need some work and cleaning. So we set up our lean-to tent for the time being and slept there the first night or two and even had dinner with the family in their kitchen that night. So we fixed the old place up. We patched the roof and fixed the floor. Ma swept and scrubbed it clean and in a few days we set up house inside. The next day, Pa and I rose early and helped to get a crop in the ground with Uncle Joe Rogers. The work was hard and the days were long, so that all of us were exhausted by nightfall. And it took us a while to realize that things weren't quite right inside that cabin. At first, we would be awakened by the sound of a scuffle or as if a fight were taking place right outside the door. And there would be a loud thud that would awaken us all, usually, as if a sack of flour or something heavy had fallen. But it was an old house, and old houses do make strange sounds, Pa said. But one night, I was sitting on the porch after work when I looked out across the field and something caught my eye. I could see a group of people walking in the distance. I watched them disappear into the woods, and I ran inside and told my Pa what I had seen, and he said it was probably just some folks passing through to the next farm. But they didn't look like any people I had ever seen. They had a wavy appearance to them as if I were looking at them through glass. And from what I could tell, they were dressed like soldiers. I would see them several times while we lived there. We would come in every evening and wash up and eat our dinner in front of the fire after working the fields or chopping wood, and I would go to bed so tired sometimes I'd fall right off to sleep on my pallet on the floor. But I was often awakened in the dark after the fire had burned low by sounds, 
One night, I thought I saw Ma standing by the table looking down at me, and I said, Mama, what are you doing up in the middle of the night? She answered me, but her answer came from the side of the room where the bed was as she raised her head up and said, I'm trying to sleep, son. And I looked over to see that she was in bed and not at the table at all. Then one Saturday afternoon, Pa and I had gone over to the dry goods store for some flour and meal and then went to the creek to do a little fishing on our way home. We got back just at dusk and found Ma outside in the field, sitting under a tree on a stump in a patch of green grass, and she was crying. We could tell she was frightened, and when she saw us coming, she jumped up and ran to us. She threw her arms around us and whispered, There's a baby inside. She told us she'd been cleaning house with the broom when she heard a strange sound and turned to see something moving on the bed. When she stepped across the room, she saw that it was a little baby wrapped in a blanket laying on her covers. She said it was moving its arms and kicking its little legs as she dropped the broom and rushed over, reaching down to grab up the child when suddenly that baby vanished from her arms. She ran out of the cabin and said she'd never go back inside again. Pa hugged and comforted her as best he could and tried to tell her there couldn't be a baby in there, but she wouldn't listen to a word he said, and so we slept out under the stars that night on quilts. The next day, I went to see Miss Hannah Rogers, and she gave me some cookies and milk at her kitchen table. She said she could see there was something on my mind as I hemmed and hawed around, but finally I asked her if she thought that cabin might be haunted. She folded her hands in her apron and said she wouldn't lie, that she, they should have told us the truth in the beginning. She said it had always been haunted. Then I told her everything I had seen and heard and about Ma seeing and hearing that crying baby on the bed and about the soldiers I'd seen across the fields and the sounds we'd heard. And Miss Hannah got pale. She told me that when she and Uncle Joe were first married, they had bought this place from a family by the name of Johnsons. The Johnsons had warned them that there were many ghosts on that old farm, that something bad must have happened back in the 1830s to the people who'd lived there, and then she told me the story. She said a family of Cherokee had worked this land and owned the farm. But one day the soldiers had come and forced the family from their fields and home at gunpoint and stormed their way into the cabin where the man's wife was tending their newborn baby. The soldiers shot the man when he put up a struggle to protect his wife and dragged the woman out into the field by her hair, having their way with her leaving that infant baby on the bed crying and alone. The next day, a neighbor had come across the field to see why her neighbor hadn't come to get fresh milk for that baby, and she found the man dead outside the cabin from the gunshot wound and the woman's shawl tangled in the bushes nearby. Then rushing inside, the neighbor found that baby where it had fallen from the bed and died during the night. The Johnsons said no one could live in that cabin after that because of what had happened, and for many years it sat empty until Miss Hannah and Uncle Joe had moved in and set up house. Miss Hannah said it didn't take them long to realize that the Johnsons had been right. 
They lived with the goings-on as long as they could, and finally they built the house they lived in then. She said she felt bad she and Joe hadn't told us right off, but said they were afraid we wouldn't stay if they had. She said she understood why Ma refused to ever live in the cabin again. She had a talk with her husband, and the next day, we moved into the two back rooms of the Rogers place for the rest of the time we were there. But from my bed, I could still see the field, and many was the time I saw the wavy form of those soldiers marching in the twilight. One afternoon, during a strong thunderstorm in the heat of July, the cabin was struck by lightning and caught fire. We all raced across the field to keep the fire from spreading to the crops. We stood armed with rakes and buckets of water from the well. As the flames danced wildly and the roof of the cabin caved in, I swear that I heard that baby crying, and I could tell that the rest of them had too, though no one said a word. Ma put her apron to her face and began to weep at the sound, and she and Hannah clung to one another as old Uncle Joe lowered his head and removed his cap. That is something I will never forget until my dying day. We stayed on at the Rogers place several years after Pa passed away, and when I was 16, I went off to work in the Birmingham steel mills, but Ma stayed right there with Miss Hannah and Uncle Joe. So there we have the story of the sharecropper cabin. And as usual, I wrote a short little song based on that story, and here it goes. good day. I hope you enjoyed this story and I'll be back with more soon. Thanks.